man in all of podcasting jackie jones here at in your head a late night saturday we already have Stephen butler saying saturday night sunday morning in your head i say to saturday night because the rule of time is this if you are still awake after midnight it is still the night of the previous day until um the cutoff time is 4 a.m so up until 3.55, 3.59, it is still Saturday morning, Saturday night, um, unless you've gone to sleep and woken up. And then um, after 5, it is then the next morning. Those are the rules of time. The, the rule of time that I abide by. Uh, I didn't check my audio here. Hopefully it's working fine. Is it working? Hello. Yeah, it looks like it's doing well. All right. So... Uh, I'm here tonight flying solo, and I'm going to be talking about AEW, their uh, pay-per-view tonight, which was Worlds, and the last pay-per-view of 2023, because it is a New Year's Eve right now, the last day of 2023, and then we will start 2024, the 20th year of in your head and uh, some folks are trying to argue with me that it's not it's the 19th year but you they are uh yes if you subtract 2024 from 2005 you will get 19 but it is the same way as the 20th centuries and 1900s and we're in the 21st century now in the in the in the 2000s because uh you're not including the first year so year one of in your head would have been 2005 by uh by your by your uh, configurations there 2006 
which uh, minus 2005 would be one when we turn one year old, but it would actually then begin the second year of the show. Uh, but by your math, it would actually have uh, began the first year of the show and would have uh, uh, neglected 2005 the first year. But anyway, next year in a day will be the 20th year that I've been podcasting, 19 for Without Your Head, 20th year of In Your Head Wrestling. 19 Without Your Head, 20 uh, In Your Head. 20 years of podcasting. That's uh, crazy. Really wasted um, a big portion of my life doing this. All right. So let's see here. We had a sold out crowd in uh, Long Island. Place was packed. Looked great. A hot crowd for the most part, except for a few things, which they probably shouldn't have been hot for. But a really hot crowd for the good stuff. Uh, I liked the, the whole setup. Looked very cool. The entrance. Uh, the crowd here, uh, a lot of pro heel people, which is in the Northeast is, is uh, fairly common. But yeah, hot crowd looked great, packed, and uh, really for their for their hometown boy uh, MJF later in the show. So we opened uh, with I don't th I now normal like last uh, pay per view I was saying the pre show. Um, it was so packed. It was almost like, why is this stuff on the pre-show? And then it made me think like, well, why does it matter? Why does the pre-show have to be, you know, shit matches or subpar matches? Why not just make it, you know, a six hour, uh, great pay-per-view. Um, so that kind of set me up for, for the same thing, but, uh, not the, not the, not a great, uh, pre-show I'd say. So we had uh, Willow versus Statlander. We had Stokely on commentary. I'm a huge um, non-fan of Stokely Hathaway. I don't know why this guy uh, gets so many chances, gets so much airtime. I was kind of happy. I thought like they'd finally realize this guy's just not good. And we didn't see him for a while, but now he's on all the time. I guess he's going to be involved somehow in, in the women's division. I, I don't see anything at all in the guy. And, uh, so I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of him whatsoever. Um, Willow, uh, versus Statlander. It was fine. Um, then there were some weak strikes near the end and a really, uh, botched bomb by Willow. And then she just like hits it again for the pin. So it was all right. Um, it was pretty good up until the end where it kind of fell apart, but, uh, not the greatest. It's funny. Cause when Willow first started, I was like, they really got to get behind her because she has this natural connection to the crowd. People uh, really love her. And um, and then they really started to get behind her, honestly. You see her on TV a lot, but I think she just is kind of doing the exact same thing all the time. And I don't know. It's not necessarily really going anywhere. Statlander was so over when she came back. And and before that, and then when she came back and won the the title right away from Jade, she was a real, honestly, just a real dud as champ. Like the crowd was not into her. And I don't know. They've never really uh, they like her, but uh, like her more now since she's not champ. But um, not like over like she was. Uh, we had a video about the returning uh, Serena Deeb. Uh, I think Serena Deeb's a talented in-ring performer, really lacks uh, personality and charisma. They're trying to give her a little bit of a gimmick, so we'll see where this goes. Um, they had mentioned that um, Keith Lee was hurt, 
And so they were replacing uh, him with Dustin Rhodes in the, in the match. And my gut instinct was, wow, it's really, really bad uh, replacement because I actually really like Dustin Rhodes and I've been an advocate of using him more, but you have to build to that. You can't just like all of a sudden we don't really see him ever. And bam, he's in a pay-per-view versus arguably the hot, well, one of the hottest guys in the company, probably the hottest new act. That's not already a top guy in the company, Swerve Strickland. And so you go from the last pay-per-view in uh, one of the, if in one of, if not the most talked about match of that show, Swerve Strickland in a career making performance, I would say, and also a performance in my opinion that, um, that put the gloss back on uh, Hangman Page because I thought he was a real dud for a while. So it did great for both those guys. And from what I understand, it did really well on repeat buys because people heard about the, the crazy death match and bought the pay-per-view. So you go from that, and he's got all this momentum. People actually were upset that he didn't uh, win the um, Continental Classic. And uh, then the follow-up is him versus Dustin Rhodes on the next show. And uh, it's not not good at all. I, I don't. I don't. And some people are arguing like, well, get some on the show. I don't think just having him on the show for the sake of being on the show is great. Uh, we'll get to the match in a little bit. But uh, my gut instinct was uh, this is a really bad decision. In fact, I thought anyone in the uh, in the eight man, pretty much anyone in that eight man tag that they had with all the, uh, you know, Claudio and Brian Danielson, uh, any of them would have been a better. Uh, a bigger uh, star. Uh, with the 20 man battle Royal, a lot of people like you knew had no shot, um, which really was unfortunate. Not so much at their end. Cause I've watched battle Royals for years and often over half the people, you know, aren't going to win it. Like Bush, the Bushwhackers back in the nineties. stuff. Like that. But um, so I'm not, not so much a problem with that, but some of the guys that get thrown out, in my opinion, just really wasted. Uh, Dalton Castle gets the big ring entrance, and I think he's got all the charisma in the world, great wrestler, and I think he's a star that they could use and actually get something with. And you almost use as a like a comedy job guy. I don't understand it. So he gets the ring entrance, but completely wasted and thrown out super early. Uh, Johnny TV, the former John Morrison, is... Uh, you know, great shape. He's got a name, could still go. Uh, he's got all the tools, honestly. And I don't know, honestly, don't know why they signed him if he's just going to be a guy who pops up every, you know, couple months in a battle royal. The two times I've seen him in the last six months where he was just a guy in a battle royal. And uh, to, to have like a name guy and that's all you use him for is just, it's awful. That's just bad. That's very uh, pointless. So I don't, I'm not an advocate for a guy not to be employed, but I don't know why you even hired him if this is all you have for him. Uh, at least he could have like been one of the last guys, but he's thrown out very early as well. Uh, Butcher and Blade are back, which, you know, that that's cool. I don't know if I guess they're, either, maybe they're either local or uh, they hired him back. I don't know. Uh, Brian Keith, they kept talking about this guy and he was doing some stuff in the, in the match. And I don't want to be an ass or anything, but they were like, you know, he's the, the, uh, bounty hunter, Brian Lee. And the dude's like five, six, and maybe he's really good, but, 
uh, when I think like bounty hunter, I think like this dangerous guy. And I was like, I don't know. But the, and they also kind of like uh, assume everyone knows who this guy is. And I was like, I don't, I've never seen this dude. I don't know. Uh, Archer just appeared. I don't know if they even announced him, but he appeared in the match at some point, started kicking everyone's ass. And then Kill Switch popped back in, you know, the former Luchasaurus. And oh, I should have mentioned that this battle royal, it's not the battle, it wasn't just a battle royal for the hell of it. It was uh, whoever won basically is money in the bank. For the the TNT title, whoever wins get a shot whenever they want at the TNT title. Uh, so I, I like that it was for something because uh, that's better than just a battle royal for the hell of it. Uh, so Kill Switch uh, pops back in, and so I thought they they did something cool, and then immediately I thought ruined it is they had Kill Switch and Archer face to face, the two biggest guys in the uh, in the match. The crowd is into that. You know, they're, you know, oh, you know, it's just a classic battle royal, Royal Rumble spot. You have two giants face to face. They throw out a bunch of people and now, you know, they're going at it. But immediately after that, like immediately, they had uh, Butcher do a power move to uh, kill switch that he that he botched. It was not a good move. And I was like, that was very bad. A uh, very bad spot because you just established these two monsters in the ring, and then you just had a, a guy who's barely anybody do a power move. This is not smart at all. Very, very, you just ruined everything you just created. Uh, Stephen Butler, what do you think of the kill switch? I mean, we mentioned this probably a month ago. Uh, I'm a fan of it for multiple reasons. Luchasaurus, absolutely horrendous name. I've seen people saying kill switch is a bad name. It's way fucking better than Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus horrendous name uh especially if he's a serious wrestler and he's a heel and the guy's called luchasaurus absolutely fucking awful kill switch is a great name because it's kill switch by itself a great name it's fine it's better than luchasaurus but the storyline is good because he's just named after the move of christian cage it adds to the heel persona of Christian Cage because he took he took the man's name away and just named him after his own move out of his own ego. And now he controls the guy. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, so, uh, so then we had... Uh, so I was looking at this. Before I saw um, Kill Switch was still in, I was like, well, I guess Archer's going to win. He's the only guy I can really like see winning, except for possibly Dan Housen. Uh, because he's got a really like he's got a falling obviously very over um but then you know i saw kill switches in it so then we had archer get tossed out though which i thought was odd and then uh so trent and danhausen tossed archer and then uh trent uh throws danhausen out you know not a he that's not a heel i saw some people on the internet saying he turned heel he didn't turn heel that's just a classic wrestling spot too in a battle royal it's every man for himself, so you throw out your partner. The problem was that then the last two people are Trent Beretta and um, and Kill Switch, and it's just like, do I think Trent Beretta is gonna win this? Like, no. And if he did, like, do I think he'll he would ever beat Christian Cage or Adam Copeland? No. Uh, would I mean would even would they even do Trent Beretta versus Adam Copeland like on a pay-per-view? No. 
like they might do Christian Cage and Trent Beretta, you know, on Rampage or Collision or something. So I was like, I mean, that would be just it's a it would be fine. I actually think Trent Beretta's talent. I'm not saying he's no good, but like that's not a marquee match. So it was just like, well, you know, I assume uh uh Kill Switch is winning and then he won. Uh we went to Wheeler Universe Hook. Uh this was for the the FTW championship. Look. Um, I'm a huge AEW fan. AEW though, you get too many belts as is. You have all the ROH belts on the on the show, completely unneeded. You had a great dynamite. I love dynamite Wednesday. Then Rampage was not particularly good. And one of the problems is you had Matt Seidel, who's very talented. I'm not saying he's not a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. I've never seen him one win one single match on on AEW television. Never, never. I've never seen him win a match. So he's He's basically a job guy, um, and he's getting a title match, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever because he's never won a match. Why does he have a title match? Versus, uh, versus Wheeler Yuta for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. It's like, okay, guys, you have um, the, your world champion. You have the international champion. You have the TNT champion. You have the women's champion. You have uh, the other women's champion, which is... Um, the TBS champion. You have the tag champions. You have now the triple crown champion. Then you, then if you start using your ring of honor champions, you also have another set of tag belts. You have another TV champion. You have another set of trios, two sets of trios belts, and then a pure championship, um, which is, you know, like you can't do the rope breaks. You can actually, I've seen these and they're good because they, you use your own psychology in the match. But the problem is, like, Ring of Honor doesn't even have a TV show. And so these belts aren't established. No one really knows. Of, you know, I know people know what Ring of Honor is because most people watch Arrested. But still, if you're just watching the show the first time, it's like, why are these belts on here? We've got, like, I don't know. How many people really have titles? Honestly, like, 30 people. This plot, what is there, 30 titles? Like, two sets of trios is six. Two sets of tags, it's 10. Um, the uh, TV's 11. Then you've got uh, TBS and W. That's 13. Uh, women's 14. Ring of Honor, women's 15. Uh, World Champions, 16. International, 17. You have almost 20, uh, 20 titles. Oh, then FTR. Yeah, so, I mean, the FTW. So there's like 20 championship titles, and then also people who win different things win a belt. It's too much. Too much belts as is. And then having all the ROH belts on the show, it's bad. Because it's not only bad that everyone has belts, you don't have enough uh, people to create all these challengers. Because titles are only important if, if one thing, they're protected. And you also have challengers that are going for them that make a match where the challenger might win. And so that brings intrigue. If the challenger is Matt Seidel, who's never won a never won one single match on your television, it's not interesting for the viewer because you know, for one thing, it's like, why would he even be in this match if this was real? And you don't want to think that. Look, everyone watching it knows it's not real. But when you're you don't want to think, oh, this is bullshit. Uh and then you just know, like, uh, you know, he's not going to win. Like, Barry Horowitz was a good a good uh, in-ring wrestler. But if if he was wrestling Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title, 
like on the main on uh Saturday night's main event or the on the main event of uh of Raw or something, you'd be like, What? Like, you know he's not gonna win. Like, why would this happen? It's it's just not it's bad. It's bad. And he also only had a few titles. But anyway, uh the match itself was was fine, it was pretty good. Uh the problem, some watching hook, he comes out, he's got uh inherent charisma. People really want to like him. And I think he's used really well in short matches because he's very green. So you have this, and you know, it's uh, interesting because he's very charismatic, comes out, does his big suplexes, chokes the guy out and wins. When he's in a really long match, um, I sat there and I noticed like, oh, he's a very green, very, very tiny man. Very, very tiny. And I'm not someone who's uh, fixated on everyone being like 280 pounds and jacked and stuff. But he's a very tiny, he's probably about 150, like 150-pound guy. I don't know, 5'8", maybe. Very, very tiny man and uh, very green. So he can do the cool suplexes, but the stuff in the middle, not very good. So when you have a long match like this, you expose him as not being particularly good. And uh, when it comes to the end and he's doing the big suplexes stuff, that works because he's good at those. But... Uh, when you're green, you know, putting together the rest of the match is uh, is hard. So uh, I would suggest the long matches not televised so we can learn how to wrestle. I know they don't really do a lot of house shows, so it's hard. But uh, on a pay-per-view like this, it just really exposed him. But the, but he has so much charisma and stuff in the, in the cool suplexes. It did get back get me back into it at the end. And now the FTW belt, this is a big rant about it, uh, what I forgot to talk about. The FTW belt isn't a real title. It was made up by Taz in, in ECW because he felt he was robbed out of the ECW title, so he made up his own title. Uh, that worked there as an angle. but then And then they brought it back to, they brought into AEW in a in a illogical um, storyline that it made no sense. He just brought it and, and gave it to uh, to Cage, I believe. For, for no particular reason. Now, if he would have brought it in, if Cage would have been cheated out of the title, it would have made somewhat sense. But it's basically just bringing it in, another fake title. And then at some point, it just actually became a title that gets defended. And uh, that really makes no sense whatsoever. So you got this fake title. And now it's basically like the hardcore title. It's like the title and like it's got ECW rules in it. Uh, I don't really get it. Uh, what, where's RVD? I kind of liked him team with RVD. So, uh, but we, it, it, it was a nice finish of the match with the cool suplex and, and the choke out with the stick. Um, did I say he was fought Wheeler? You, yeah, Wheeler. Ute. Uh, pay-per-view time. So, uh, nice video package, uh, shows you all the storylines. I like that. They should do more video packages throughout uh, the week. Don't go nuts. Like, uh, there's a there's a nice middle ground because sometimes I don't watch WWE TV, but then I watch if I watch the pre-show, I'll see the same video packages like so many times I'm sick of it. So there's a middle ground like uh, show a little some video packages to just so you know all this stuff because uh, you, you don't want to just assume everyone knows everything's happening. Show them a quick video package. And even if you're like me who watch a show, it's a nice little reminder. And it sets the tone, gets you into the into the show. Uh, so the pay-per-view opened up with um this was cool. It's an eight-man match with uh a lot of the people that did not win the Continental Classic. 
So we had a Brody King, Jay Lethal, Rouge, and Jay White versus Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Garcia with my boy, Daddy Magic on commentary, which I was really excited about it. I'm a big fan of Daddy Magic. I think he's hilarious. Good. He's got a ton of charisma. So I hope, uh, I don't know if they're, maybe they're testing him to see like uh, maybe there's something he can do and I'm all for it. I'm a big fan of the guy. Uh, I got to say, they really have to uh, do something with Jay White. Uh, when they hire Jay White, I really like, oh, this is a guy you can, you can really build as a top dude. And, um, you know, they went with him fairly early against uh, MJF and he lost, which is fine. Uh, then he's in the Continental Classic. He doesn't win, which is fine, but um, he's got to win some type of big feud, or I think he's really gonna just kind of linger, you know, around around the program. So uh, great match, though. Uh, I'm a fan, of, honestly, a fan of all eight guys and everyone. Uh, usually, when you have like you know eight like guys like this, they're doing all their cool moves, and that this was it. Crowd was really into it. It's a good way to get the crowd, uh, you know, pumped right away. Sometimes you pump them up with like these younger high flying dudes, but the, you know, these are all basically established guys. You got a couple of people in here, like Daniel Garcia, young dude. I, I don't think you needed to hit people over the head with the fact that Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal were winless in the uh, continental classic. Like I know they were, but I don't think that does them any favors. If you're like, Hey, these guys never won. Uh, like I said earlier, pretty much any of these guys probably could have been replacement for Dustin. Uh, sweet suplex. Oh, yeah. Great suplex uh, by Claudio. Vertical suplex on Big Brody King. And then into the big giant swing. That's great stuff. Uh, just all around uh, a terrific match with uh, eight guys. Eight good guys. And um, Daniel Garcia got the surprise uh, win. And uh, kudos to Daniel Garcia. He's, uh, get, he's working on his luck. He's a uh, not like a big giant muscle man, but he's uh, fleshed out a little bit. And I think the new trunks uh, also help. Uh, then we went to Miro and Andrade. And um, I hate, absolutely hated this angle. I'm a huge fan of Miro. Uh, I've never, I, th I think Andrade's just been all hype. I always, and he's a guy that I think, Seems to be very hard, hard to work with. Miro, too, honestly. Miro, I think, is hard to work with. But Andrade seems to be a guy that's very hard to work with. You know, he was like, blame WWE. And he, for me, I've not seen anything in Mexico. For me, in America's only run that was worth anything was an NXT um, when he had the manager. Uh, I forget her name. Uh, that was good. Uh, on the main roster, he's real, no just absolute bust, did nothing. Uh, was he? You think he was fired or he quit? I think he's fired, and then uh, he went on to kind of blame you know, oh, they didn't you know, use me right, whatever. Goes to AEW on and off the show with like issues with other wrestlers, not wanting to do whatever they wanted to do, all this stuff. And uh, I mean, if you think you're not used right everywhere you go, I mean, maybe it's just you know, you at some point. So I've really not, and uh, they did get they have tried with Andrade a couple times, giving him a uh, stuff. And uh, I've just not seen, I, I'm not saying he's awful by any means, but uh, I, I, he never captures my attention. Uh, I'm not really into the dude. I think if you want to build around a big um, Latino star, Roosh is your guy, Roosh much better in the ring. Has uh, I think he actually has more 
star power. Like, uh, besides Andrade just looking at him, like, oh, this guy could be a star. Besides that, I don't think there's much there. Uh, Roosh uh, is, is the guy. So these guys were, you know, doing a lot of stuff, but I have hated the storyline so much with uh, CJ Perry. So they've really been building it for, like, years with Miro just going around, like, uh, you know, talking about his God and his wife. And and I was into all that stuff, but then it just went on and on and on, like, I think for, like, a year and a half or something. And it's like, okay, man, just you got to do something. You can't just keep talking about this. So then, you know, CJ Perry, the former Lana, comes in. Instead of just putting them together, um, they do this weird angle where she wants to be a manager and he doesn't want her to be. And so she's getting all these different people. And I'm like, I don't like I don't like this. I mean, I just want to see them together, honestly. Uh Lana and Rusev together was were great in WWE. Um could have pushed them as a top act, to be honest. And then so so there's I wasn't into the story, so I'm watching the match and it wasn't really clicking for me. It wasn't anything, but he was doing anything bad. But then um, as the match went on, the crowd was so into Miro and it, it really started to uh, get me into the, into the match. And uh, we had uh, CJ eventually go with Miro, which I was very happy about. And the crowd was ballistic. They, they, they loved that. So we've got CJ Perry, Miro together. And apparently this was Andrade's final AEW match. He's easily uh, to me. It's not a big loss. It's fine. Uh, Rio versus Tony Storm. I'm not anti Rio like uh, like some folks. Um, I'm I'm not like uh, fatuated with it either. Huge fan of Tony Storm. Uh, this was this was actually a good match. Oh, Rio uh, did a suplex at one point. Tiger suplex where she was actually she was literally too short to do it. And that, that did not look good. Like she couldn't actually reach up high enough to get, it would be like me trying to do a great Kali or something. So that, that looked, that didn't look so great. Uh, Tony storm hit a great pile driver. She calls it the, the dark zero. I thought that was good. Um, there was less comedy in this one than, than her last, than Tony storm's last uh, pay-per-view match, which I like that. I I'm fine with comedy for work, but um, very physical with Rio at the end, which I like. You know, she's a lot bigger than Rio. So she's playing, you know, the bigger woman. So that worked out. Oh, this is a good match. So, you know, it's fine. Um, I don't get the Mariah May hype. Mariah May came out. I heard a lot about her. No, Taz is a big fan. And so far, I've seen uh, nothing in her, but I've not seen her wrestle yet. Uh, but so I, I'll hold judgment for now. But so far, I'm not into her. Um, she's going to make her in ring debut on Wednesday. I did like the rose petal finisher. Uh, let's see. Then we had a Dante Martin promo in the back with Lexi Nair. You have uh, Renee. I don't know why you need Lexi Nair. Uh, he wanted a match with Orange Cassidy. This is just like just a thrown together kind of uh, crap. Uh, I'm a big Orange Cassidy fan. I actually think Dante Martin. Uh, is good, but uh, you know, to build these matches, you can't just like the guys back, like, hey, you know, I want this match, and he walks out, like, yeah, okay, and then well, it's gonna happen on Wednesday. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it'll be a good match, but the build was not good. 
Uh, Swerve versus Dustin Rhodes. So I've been, I've been saying a bunch here. Hello, Mike Glazer. Mike Glazer we have here. And uh, Tazo. And uh, some other fine folks here. I was talking earlier. So I was against uh, the idea of Swerve versus um, Dustin. I just think, like, it's got no build. I know they're in a bad situation with Keith Lee being hurt. But it's like, you know, no one expects Dustin Rhodes to uh, win. So they right away have uh, Swerve, you know, uh, smash Dustin's leg with the cinder block. And so they're taking Dustin out. Dustin, like, no, I got to keep going. And I'm going to go in the ring and fight. So... I'm going to give props to Dustin here. He's a pro. He he was put in a bad situation, did the best with it, and got, you know, put together a, a good match. I felt bad for him because he's he's playing the uh the broken down veteran who's hurt and uh, everyone's uh cheering for Swerve. Um uh I'm a big advocate of not fighting the crowd. The crowd really wants to get behind Swerve, just like they want to get behind MJF and they, they ran with that. Um I just give give in yeah, I think Swerve has to be a babyface because the crowd really loves him. And if they're like, they, they were booing uh, anytime Dustin was on offense. So uh, just go with it. Swerve is great. Swerve's the future of AEW, a guy you're going to build the company, uh, one of the guys you're going to build the company around. So go with it. Run with it. Not a big fan of Dustin spitting at uh, at Swerve. but And when I say babyface, that doesn't mean he comes out smiling and goofy, but um, just, you know, you keep him exactly the same basically, but now he's fighting, uh, heels. Then we had, uh, Jericho and Sammy Guevara, the sex gods with Sting and Darby Allen versus the tag champs, big bill and Starks with the Don Callis family. This was very fun. Uh, Sting is very fun to watch. I know people are going to be asking what I think of, uh, you know, there's these, some of these signs. People are really wanting to uh, get Jericho canceled as someone myself who was. Um, now, I don't know if, if Jericho's wrongfully accused, so I can't. But I'm just saying as someone who was wrongfully accused, falsely accused of sexual harassment myself, um, I'd be. I would like people to actually wait and see what kind of, you know, evidence people have i mean no one ever said any of this stuff before about him before he's been around you know for like since the 90s almost 30 years so the the point is you, you can't just fire a guy uh based on on one accusation from someone unfortunately has you know some issues themselves but anyway uh you know wait and see what comes out so far, the stuff that I've seen came up from someone else was absolutely nothing. Uh, literally, someone put a, a tweet a tweet out there that Jericho sent them a DM saying, uh, you're a journalist now. And this was some type of uh, smoking gun, which I thought, okay. But uh, Sting, very fun to watch. Uh, crowd was pro, uh, pretty into the heels here, but everyone loves Sting. Uh, Darby's Darby's crazy. He's very fun to watch. I fear that he won't be long for the for the wrestling world. Gets dropped on his head a lot, but I love watching him. Just a really fun match. I dig all these guys, and uh, yeah, it was good. So um, the good guys won, which you have to. You can't have Sting losing. No one wants to see that. 
And I, I like the retirement tour. Every time he's in a town, this is the last time we're going to see him in, in uh, Long Island or maybe the last time in New York in general. And uh, they gave him a superstar reaction uh, after the match. So that was good. Uh, Abaddon versus Julia Hart. Uh, I'm an Abaddon. Uh, I've been an Abaddon uh, supporter. I really like Julia Hart. Uh, this match was not very good. I just, it just wasn't very good. Uh, this is Spooky Chan I thought was amazing. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I'm not a fan of the House Rules by the House of Black. Uh, the House Rules is actually incorrect because one of the House Rules is, is the challenger gets to have their own rule. That's the opposite of House Rules because House Rule would be the House would control all the rules. Uh, they're actually giving the rule to uh to some to uh, the challenger. It's the opposite of house rules. That house rules like if you went to uh uh they have the thing the house always wins. That's a that's a saying from uh from gambling. If you go to a casino, the house you know has the advantage. So if you went to the casino and they said house rules, that wouldn't mean you go to the casino and you make up your own rules. So uh, I'm not a fan of the house rules. I don't think it even makes logical sense why they would give rules to the to their challengers so they have an advantage the challenger has an advantage it doesn't make any sense um but yeah this just wasn't this just wasn't a very good match honestly um unfortunately it was not good uh it would it definitely was the weakest match of the show uh but christian cage was adam copeland was fan this match was fucking great so christian cage comes out looking like the world's biggest asshole absolutely love him the best heel in in wrestling right now and uh, I guess you can argue um, Roman Reigns. That's fine. But uh, I'm going with Christian Cage. Fantastic heel. He just comes out with that facial expression. The best run of his career. And he's The man's 50. He's in amazing shape. Uh, Adam Copeland. Uh, well, Adam Copeland came out first. Now, Adam Copeland uh, facially is a little rough. But in great physical uh, shape. Can uh, Moving around great. Looks awesome. Uh, but I loved it. So he gets in the ring first, gets a superstar reaction. Cage is coming out looking all smug and like an asshole. He's got uh, Nick Wayne with him. He's got Mama Wayne with him. And then he's like, he's struggling to get the belt off because uh, Copeland's just running up the ramp and, and attacking him. I thought that was great. I know sometimes they do the fighting outside the ring, you know, too much. But this is this is a match where it's warranted because this is a heated rivalry. Uh, you know, these guys hate each other. So they're not going to just stand around and lock up. They're going to go after each other. So I like that. Fighting all over the crowd. Just, you know, real, just wild match. Uh, I will say I did uh, I, I did kind of, when uh, Edge uh, puts on the cross face and it's like, eh, do you really need to, need, do, do you really need to like pay tribute to Benoit in the middle of a match? Like, eh, I don't need to do that. Uh, we heard uh, we want fire a couple times, and I was like, "Are they gonna do the fire?" And they did. They did the fire spot on. They poured the the lighter fluid over the uh, over the table, and then Taz killed uh, the the flame spot forever because uh, the flame went out instead of just saying, "Oh, you know, the fire went out." Whatever. He's like, "Oh yeah, the that that the you know the fire will go out really quick with the killing the spot because the." I, you don't want to tell the audience that if you use the lighter fluid, it goes out quick. 
because that makes it less dangerous. Because if the guy gets caught in it, uh, it's, he's going to go out quick. So it, I was like, come on, man. So uh, Edge poured like two bottles of lighter fluid over, over the table, lights it on fire. And then uh, he gets a little too amped up and over overshoots uh, Nick Wayne, which not only like he didn't go through the center of the table, so barely hit the fire, Though even worse, though, I think like he hits the back of his hip on the edge of the table and looks like he took a really bad bump. And good thing he's a young, uh, small guy because I uh, could have been could could still been a bad uh, look bad look bad for him. Um, so a big surprise though, Edge wins the uh, the title. Edge wins the uh, TNT title. I did not expect that. Uh, crowd goes nuts. And then immediately, uh, kill switch comes out, you know, and and, uh, and attacks Adam from behind. And so he's got the um, he's got the contract. Kill switch has a contract, and he's going to use it to to you know uh, on uh, Adam Copeland right now to win the TNT belt that he just that Adam Copeland just won. And then Christian is like, "Give it to me," and you know, kill switch wasn't do it, so they're fighting over it. And uh, he eventually gives it to uh, to Christian Cage, who then immediately does who does the spear and beats Edge. A dastardly heel move. This was great. You have the the big win. It gets the crowd pumped, and then immediately you screw him out of his title and get all the heel heat back on the asshole Edge, uh, asshole Christian Cage. This was good. Uh, nah, man, you, I completely, absolutely disagree with this, Steven. Copeland versus Cage was a great match, but I wanted to see Kill Switch go for the title instead of Cage. Um, no, come on, man. Didn't like, I loved it. I thought it was great. And, uh, dude, like, come on, man. You think Adam Copeland versus Kill Switch is like a bigger match than Adam Copeland, uh, with, with Cage or Cage is, Cage put this title on the map. This is like the greatest run of this title. Oh, we'll get to this in a minute, Mike. Um, so yeah, I completely disagree with Steve on that. This this was done very well, and you can't go with Kill. Like I like him, but that's not him. We've already seen it wasn't particularly good at all. Kill Switch and and uh, Adam Copeland, and that's not a match that people are going to really be dying to see or want to see. Um, let's see. And, and, and you're also building up to, to the eventual, uh, kill switch leaving, you know, Christian cage again, possibly going back to Luchasaurus or I, I would actually prefer him to, when he finally leaves Christian cage to actually lose the mask and, uh, come up with, uh, his, either his real name or, you know, a new name. I'm not a big fan of Luchasaurus um let's see so yeah i love that we did uh moxley versus uh eddie kingston the finals of the continental classic which i've been a huge fan of we went into it uh i was not uh hyped right away i think they did a really poor job explaining it and they really were trying to rely on everyone knowing what the g1 was they kind of really botch eddie kingston just saying i'm putting my titles up on the line in it uh so all that stuff, I was like, I don't know about this. But the matches were fantastic. All of them told the story. They told the story from one week to the next. Uh, they they started telling the story right away with Eddie Kingston, where he was down two matches right away. 
and ends up winning it. Um, I think the Continental Classic absolute um, uh, great. This this was great television for me. Uh, and from the beginning to end, I thought I I loved it. And people, I know some people were saying it's not storytelling. It's not soap opera storytelling, but it's actually like old school wrestling story where the stories are being told in the matches themselves. And I prefer that. No, I like some of the goofiness. Don't get me wrong. I, I like all the different elements of wrestling, but um, I like wrestling being about wanting to win matches. And for, you know, this was all about winning the tournament and getting the triple crown. And uh, they had, you know, people, you know, this guy needed to win this match to, you know, or else he'd be out all this stuff totally worked for me. And I hope this is an annual thing. And from understand it, it is, um, it, it, uh, helped the, the rating, especially on, uh, on collision from understand, uh, you know, anyway, I'm into this. So I, I really liked it a lot. Uh, let's see. So anyway, uh, they had a great chop exchange, but I, when Eddie does the chops in the corner, you lose me, Eddie. I'm a huge fan of Eddie Kingston. Amazing talker. One of the best promos in the business. Uh, I think a great wrestler. Uh, he plays the everyman. But when he does the, the slaps in the corner, does not work for me. But besides that, uh, great stuff. And then, uh, yeah, Eddie won. Um, right, I agree. Right guy won. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I didn't know who's going to win, honestly. I kind of thought he might. I think I thought it would be good uh, for the, the, the whole story. But, you know, Moxie is, you know, one of the most well-known guys. So, But I would like to see this continue. I know Steven Simmons on the on our Facebook group, which you guys should join. If you're not part of that, he was saying that he hopes they add like new Japan wrestlers and out of company wrestlers next year. I could not disagree more. I hope they do not do that. Um, they have such a giant roster as is. I, I would like the continental classic to always be about AEW uh, and not, you know, bringing in like people I don't know or, you know, whatever. I, I, I like it just AEW. Um, my only, uh, thing I would do next year to improve it at all, cause the actual tournament was great is I would have people like, um, by like giving their reason why they should be in it. Like all the wrestlers should want to be in it and they have either a committee your judges, whatever, who pick like the eight guys or however many it is, 16 guys, 12 guys that are going to be in it and, uh, something like that. So, you know, and then every week you can announce, you know, you know, Daniel Bryan's in it this year, whoever's in it this year. Uh, but every, it should be something everyone wants to be in to, uh, to, to prove that they're the best in the company. I would like that. So then we uh, went into the main event, uh, MJF for Samoa Joe. Uh, we had a really fun uh, video for uh, MJF. I am your scumbag. We, we, you know, he's our scumbag chance. The man is super over. He comes out with the king of Long Island robe. Uh, we had, it's all about the boom. Adam Cole comes out with him. We had huge fuck you chance. Fuck you, Joe chance. 
Uh, it's uh, you know, I'm a big fan of both guys. I know Dave Meltzer was a little upset going in because they had MJF get hurt on the show, but again, Meltzer's being worked. He's like worked by by the by the mat by the show sometimes because this again is long is long term storytelling within the match because MJF keeps uh, he gets a he was having to defend two belts at one time. And this played perfectly, especially once you see the, the payoff of uh, the, the devil angle, because all this keeps breaking MJF down. Uh, the, 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 title, the world title defense, defending the tag belts by himself, you keep breaking the guy down. So each, each match, he's a little bit weaker, and uh, the challenger has more of a shot of winning the title from him. So that's good storytelling. And then you have something to work into this match because we still know the devil's out there somewhere. We know he's got the hurt shoulder. So we know Joe can, you know, work on that. Uh, that works in many ways. It works just in the basic psychology of the match. Joe can work over the shoulder and the arm. And also as uh, your top babyface guy, it gives him a little bit of an out if, uh, if he loses the match because he's hurt. So all of that works uh, together. So a huge surprise. It looked like it even surprised uh, the referee when, um, well, first of all, MJF got um, Samoa Joe up on his back, walked out to the ring, kind of like a slow march, was kind of cool, and hit the F5. Uh, I, don't know the they, I don't think the crowd, uh, the commentaries knew what to call it, just said the F5. By the way, uh, Tazza commentary is horrible. Uh, Nigel's much better. Uh, I would prefer he was on all these and not Taz. I think Taz is the a really bad commentator, but and nonetheless, um, so even that move I thought was smart because doing that move would hurt his shoulder as well. Uh, so eventually we get, um, a Taz is doing the choke. Uh, MJF, you know, runs up the ropes, does the rollover for the two. Uh, Joe rolls out of that and really sinks in and the the choke. The ref does the old school, you know, pick up the arm, one, two, you expect the third, boom. And the third, MGF arms goes down, and the ref like stopped almost like, like, whoa, that wasn't supposed to happen. Look surprised himself and calls for Bell. Complete shock. I did not expect that at all. Um, I would have preferred, honestly, MGF keep the title. But at the same time, it was unexpected. You, MJF could always win again, be two-time champion. And I'm really happy uh, Joe is champion, has, has, has won a championship. Huge fan of Samoa Joe. You know, um, never had, you know, a big title on uh, one of the main shows. So this was this was, uh, this was good. Very surprising. The crowd actually, like, went silent. They, they did not expect that. They were chanting bullshit a little bit later. The man's hometown. Usually, AEW is really all about like giving the hometown guy the win. So, uh, doing that though in prior times, I think it worked in this favor to really uh, shock people. So, uh, you know, the, the the devil guys come down to the ring. Um, lights, uh, well, lights didn't go out yet. Um, so that they're they're gonna hit uh, MJF with the chair. Cole's like, no, hit me. And they're going back and forth. No, hit me. Don't hit him. They're the best friends. Lights go out. Lights come back on. 
uh, Cole sitting on the chair, the old like story time with, with Cole's thing, which he didn't say. Maybe he can't say. I don't know. But uh, and the crowd knew what's happening now. They knew all along that Adam Cole has been the devil, and the men with him are Wardlow, Roderick Strong, um, in the uh, in the kingdom. I really liked the payoff here. I thought this was great. I think it's really good storytelling. Uh, I think it was a uh, you know a surprise. I saw someone saying it was so predictable, but almost everyone was saying it was Dolph Ziggler. And I, I'm pretty sure I like Steven Simmons, but I'm pretty sure he was guessing it was it was Dolph Ziggler. Now all of a sudden he's saying it was very predictable. I, was like, I don't know, buddy. Uh, no, it really works. And I think if you look back, it, it makes sense. Uh, and it makes sense that you. So the whole the whole thing it works because. MJF for years had very little friends because he was such an asshole to everybody. Then he, the few friends he had, you know, the devils were picking off. So you're picking off all the people that could actually come out and save MJF because he only had a few. The rest of them hate him because he was a total asshole for years. And uh, you kept uh, wearing him down to the point he could lose the title. Now, he lost the title to someone not the devil, so that's interesting. But um, I'm really looking forward to uh, the promo on Wednesday. And I also think it works because when they put Cole and MJF together, initially everyone assumed the idea was uh, MJF would turn on Cole. And uh, and uh, they kept teasing that, but they kept them together, which I thought was, was very well done. The crowd were loving it. My God, remember how over like double clothesline was and everything. And, uh, and now we saw the reverse. Adam Cole was the man who turned on MJF. So that really worked to me. I'm a big fan of Roderick strong. Uh, uh, so I like all this and, and, uh, and it's a good use of Adam Cole. If he can't wrestle for a while, great talker. He can manage this group of people. MJF can now, um, it's what I would do is MJF now, Goes and gets revenge versus each one of those guys, you know, Matt Taven, uh, you know, the, the two guys from the kingdom probably, and then him versus Roderick Strong would be good, and then finally Wardlow. And if if Cole's not ready to wrestle by if he's ready to wrestle by then, then you do MJF Cole. And then and then once he runs through them, then he can go back, you know, going for the title. And then that in the meantime, you could have Samoa Joe uh defending the title. So you have two uh big top angles going on at the same time and you get mjf out of the title picture for a little while but still involved in a big angle and then ready uh to go back for the title um afterwards so yeah it really worked for me anthony oberstar we are live and i saw him say on the group uh beautifully done i agree 100 percent. it was a, it was a great uh storytelling Big fan. Uh, I know there's a lot of hate lately on uh, for AEW on the internet. And I think a lot, you know, people uh, have wanted to hate it from the beginning. But uh, I don't know. I think if you've been watching the show, it's been very good. Uh, let's see. Mike Laser, Adam Cole, the devil, and Wardlow, and Mike and Robert, and that crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Anastasio's a big fan of Mariah May. I've not seen anything in her yet as, a, as of yet. Adam Cole is possessed by the devil. Ah! 
Uh, we did that one. Sorry. Let's see. Mike Cock hurts. Uh, Adam might be the devil, but we all know Satan McMahon isn't dead yet. Happy New Year in your head. Happy New Year, Mike. Yeah, I agree. Great storytelling in the Continental Classic with the right guy winning the belts. I agree 100%. When they are ready to uh, make the Luchasaurus babyface, first have Jack Perry bring in Marco Stunt to be his errand boy for a few weeks and have Luchasaurus make the save. I'm not I'm not against I'm also not anti-Jack Perry like uh, some folks are. Uh, there's only so long AW keep the belt on MJF. He's not under a long-term deal. I'm pretty sure he's actually already re-signed, though. Um, I think he's, yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive he's resigned. Uh, Stephen Butler going back to his days and impact to WWE to now. Joe has always been the bridesmaid and not the bride. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to see him. Uh, no, is it nice to see like, I'm not a guy like who thinks, oh, this person deserves a title run just for the sake of it. Like it's nice for him. It's nice for me to see, cause I followed his career since the early days of ring of honor. But also, he's a great talent, and and uh, and you know he's a deserving champion just on his own merit. Uh, no, I'm not a fan of the kingdom. Uh, but if you followed the show, ever since they started being the Stooges for uh, Roderick Strong, they're they're great Stooge guys because Roderick Strong. Uh, in the new role is is fantastic. I've uh, I was never uh, a big fan of the guy. I just thought he was a good wrestler, but no no uh, flair whatsoever. But once he found a character in charisma in AEW, I'm a huge fan. So I'm all I'm all and uh, yeah, they they're good just as their um as the Stooges for Roderick Strong. Adam, exactly, Mike Hawker. It's just that's fantastic. OIB must be pleased his boy Taven is relevant. He probably is, yeah. This whole Jericho accusation makes me want to like AEW more. Yeah, I'm going to uh, hold off, uh, you know. But, as I said earlier, uh, what I've seen is really, you know, nothing that you could uh, warrant, like, doing anything to that guy for. The the website I saw websites they were legit reporting this to some smoking gun and it was um a, a, like a message a DM a direct message he sent someone on, on Twitter that it literally said you're a journalist now and had like a smiley face and I was like okay like that's that's not anything at all um i hope mjf is signed i'd rather see him wait a few years um uh, yeah i mean i don't really like wwe so i'd rather not even see him in wwe be honest but um i'm pretty sure he's i i'm pretty sure he's actually signed to AEW for a while now. i mean he's been really doing these pro AEW uh promos in, in all his interviews you know outside of AEW. so i don't think he'd be doing those if um he wasn't in the company. I think he just did one recently where he said he was, you know, staying in AW. Um, let's see. And you know, you don't have to have a guy. Uh, he's been a champ for over a year, so. Oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, by the way, so next uh, it, tomorrow is uh, 2024. If you would like to help 
out in uh, helping uh, cover the cost of In Your Head, the live feed here like I'm using right now, the archives, everything like that does cost quite a bit. You can Venmo Hediverse. Uh, you can um, send a super chat here. Anyway, uh, anyone, if you donate anything in the next couple days or anytime throughout the year, but if you donate, you know, soon here, you're going to get your name in the special thanks. I'm going to be redoing the, uh, the, um, credits here and you'll get Nate, your name in the special thanks all 2024 in, uh, on the, in your head credits. Uh, you can also join the Hediverse here and so it starts only a few bucks a month that helps, uh, cover the cost and you get some fun perks. Like, uh, you can use these cool emojis. You can use the eight bit emojis that I I've created. You also get Jackie Jones show and you will get, um, remastered original episodes of in your head that aren't currently anywhere else. There you go. Taza. He knows Taza's a good man. It's all about the boom. Yeah. See boom. Ah, and uh, you'll get a shout-out on the show as well, which I will do here momentarily. I'm going to pull up the uh, thing here. Saying, also, if um, we've got nine uh, numbers left, so if you join the Hediverse tonight or send in a Super Chat or a Venmo, you'll get a Royal Rumble number if you don't already have one. And uh, what that is, it's our annual Royal Rumble contest where whatever number you get, let's say you get 23, uh, whoever comes out of 23 will represent you in the Royal Rumble. So you're number 23 and Ivar comes out. You got to root for Ivar to win. And uh, who anyway, whoever wins, there'll be two because they'll, they'll represent you in the men's and the women's. Uh, will win a, um, I think I might have uh, taken out here. Shit. You will win an 8-bit. Oh, no, here's. Uh, you'll win uh, a, a hand-drawn by me, 8-bit rendition of you, like an old-school Nintendo game, in the Royal Rumble ring, surrounded by in-your-head fans and some legends. This was uh, 2023 winner, Jonathan Jackson. Look at that. It's pretty sweet. He's got his pizza cutter. He's got his tie-dye shirt. Pretty rocking. Boom. So you'll win one of those. So if you would like a number, uh, you can uh, Venmo or Super Chat here or just join the Hediverse. So let me give a shout out to our members. Uh, let's see here. Hall of Famer, Stephen Simmons. Uh, Mikey B. Vic Schiavone. Dadpool on YouTube, The Geek Getaway, Tech Dingoes, and our producers, El Santos World, and Brian Matthew Clatar. Boom. Thank you, folks. You're good dudes. All right. Let me go over. I'm going to grab these uh, questions off uh, the group. And we'll be back doing our, uh, we're going to be back Tuesday with our regular show, Me and the Inchman. And then the week after, I believe Incher is going to be, um, 
away. So it'll probably be me. I'll probably do a show on Wednesday that week just because uh, if it's just me, I usually would rather do it after uh, Dynamite. Uh, trying to find these questions here. Oh, uh, big news, though. Uh, Kevin Dunn left the company. From what he's saying, he quit because he didn't want to be doing, uh, he didn't want to be told what to do by the new uh, owners. So that's interesting. I mean, the guy's been there since the 80s. He's, re he's really disliked by most fans because no one ever says anything good about the guy. You know, I think a lot of it, you know, comes from the Cornette interviews. But even besides Cornette, I know Paul Bear used to really not like him and never really heard anyone good talk about him. Uh, maybe he's good his job, though. I, I don't I don't really know. Who knows? So let's see. Uh, it is the end of an era. I mean, but I, I, most people do not like him. Yeah. All right, rest in peace, Killer Khan. Yeah, Killer Khan. His heyday was definitely before my time. I remember um, reading in, like, the old wrestling magazines, like, they credited him, credited him as the guy who broke um, Andre the Giant's knee, his leg. And but the really the only memory I have of his was a real late run he had. Uh, movie was tat, he was managed by Mr. Fuji, and I always remember he gave a really good uh, knee drop though, a knee drop off the top rope. And uh, but the last thing I remember was he had a like the only only feud I think without Back Jack. But uh, rest in peace, Killer Khan. Uh, Pepe Petit says, acknowledge me. You are acknowledged, Pepe Petit. Acknowledge him. Uh, Robbie Gorman, what's the difference between Jackie Jones and Neil Jones? Well, a uh, Jack begins with a J. It's J-A-C-K and Neil is N-E-A-L. Anastasio Theodasiadius wants to know where can one stream this show asking for a pirate? You know, you I know you're joking, but did you know that I found uh, a lot of in your head and maybe even without your yeah, and without your head episodes on uh, it, uh this was years ago, probably like 15 years ago, 12 years ago. I think it was on the old Pirate Bay website, which maybe I don't know if that's still around Pirate Bay. And um, I remember just seeing there, and I was very confused because uh, at the time all the all the episodes were already free on the website, and uh, but it was like people would rather uh, steal them than go and listen to them for free. Then I used to think maybe I should just leak them out on these pirate sites. Um. What, uh, Sean Green, what do you, uh, I think I, I, I think I called him Simmons earlier, but Sean Green, what do you look for on tonight's World's End pay-per-view? Uh, well, I've already seen it. Uh, best match of the night. Um, I might have to go Adam Copeland. I really like the Adam Copeland, um, Christian Cage match, to be honest. Um. Now I know it it 
It might um because this was the first ever AEW pay-per-view without a Young Bucks match. I don't think uh without any of the elite. Um Kenny couldn't be on because of diverticulitis. I really don't know why Adam Page was maybe just didn't have a, a storyline. I think the young bucks are just off for a while, but you didn't have um you didn't have some of the more AEW traditional, like you know, great in-ring matches. Yet you had a lot of good stuff, but it was a, a little bit different. So you didn't have like you know the big Young Bucks match, FTR match. Uh, you didn't have a Kenny Omega match. I'm fine with all that though, because uh, we've seen a bazillion pay per views with them. So and I'm not against any of those guys. Uh, let's see here. Who stole the show? Uh, the ending angle was really hot. And uh, and the Adam Copeland Christian. So the the two big angles though were heel angles, Christian Cage and um, and the and the Devil payoff. And then you had some stuff that was like over, you know, uh, Sting Sting's last match in New York was fun. Dobbs wants to know sometimes send my poop to Robert Budzinski as he likes to eat it. Am I odd thinking Sting's last match? Well, Sting's last match will not be a singles match. And I know a lot of people would like to see it, but I think I think it would honestly be sad and probably be a disaster. I think part of the reason he's been so fun to watch is he could come in and do a couple of spots and he's completely protected. Uh, and he does like crazy, some crazy stuff, some dies and stuff. And I love it. Uh, it's, I won't say it's his best run ever, but it's it's up there for one of my most favorite one of my favorite runs. I really like the early '90s Sting during a period a lot of people think was bad, but um, Sting and Vader and and Cactus Jack, uh, Regal. You had some great you had some great matches, and that's probably actually my favorite Sting run. And then of course uh, the Crow Sting, but I don't think that was anything to do. I, I think that was one of his weakest runs in the ring, honestly, was as the crow. Nothing really stands out in my mind besides, you know, kind of a bad match with Hogan, but it was all about him being up the rafters. You know, the, the, honestly, the, the best part of that run was him never wrestling, just him sitting up in the rafters and then doing the run-ins. But I've really loved this, this run with Sting. It's been very fun doing a lot of cool stuff. So, um, I would kind of like him and Darby Allen to to win the belts from uh, from Starks and uh, Big Bill, and then I, the problem is like I would like to see it, but I know the idea of them winning the tag belts and then retiring is kind of like to be uh, frowned upon. But uh, let's see here. His W yeah his WWE run was awful, very very bad. So. I think a big part of him coming back here was, uh, you know, to go out on a, on a better run. And I know like, um, obviously getting paid everyone, he's not going to do it for free, whatever, but you know, I've heard Jim Cornette, like talk about, like, he's just, you know, using Tony Khan for money Mark, but dude, like just, just sit back and, and think of this lot, you know, realistic, not even just realistically, be honest. Would he be doing the stuff he does if he wouldn't, if he doesn't enjoy it 
if he was really just out there just because he was getting paid, which that's fine, uh, would he be doing dives off the top rope and stuff? I don't think so. Uh, you could tell he's been enjoying this run. And that doesn't mean you don't want to get paid. I mean, you know, you, you can do things for both reasons. <clears throat> All right. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, you guys don't mind if I don't take uh, uh, videos tonight. I think we'll wait and take videos with the Inch Man on Tuesday. Is that cool with you guys? All right. And uh, we'll be back Tuesday. Uh, we've got, I believe, nine Royal Rumble numbers left. So uh, if you don't have one yet, uh, video into the show. Or you can um, send in a... Uh, Send in a uh, super chat or a Venmo. And even if you do have a number, you could uh, super chat or a Venmo. And uh, you'll get special thanks in the credit uh, in 2024 throughout the year. All right. No worries, baby cakes. Thank you, uh, Tazo. And uh, Tuesday, we'll have the return of the Raw Report with Stephen Boots. Uh, we can discuss uh, Mercedes Monet on Tuesday at nauseum. I'm a Mercedes Monet fan. Good for her. Um, I kind of think we're going to see her on Raw. I won't see her on Raw, but you guys will see her on Raw. Um, but I'm not. I'm not positive. But I mean, she did. The thing is, I have a feeling we're going to see her on Raw because P. The, the dirt sheets are reporting that she they're not in they stopped talks, but you know what? They reported that WWE was not interested in CM Punk. And where is CM Punk now, Dave Meltzer? Where is CM Punk right now? Websites. But I will say this: the the only the one the one thing is she um just got copyrights on uh, like th her name, a podcast. So the only thing, maybe part of her deal in going back to WWE is that she can also do outside ventures like a podcast. So if that's the case, then she probably would want uh, a name on that. Because I'm sure they wouldn't let her, you know, copyright the Sasha Banks hour or something. Uh, we can uh, discuss CM Punk getting, oh, Punk shaved? Some heavy duty, heavy duty breaking news. The Rock ate a burger for the first time. I uh, was listening, making shepherd's pie, like a true Mick. Good man. I'm a big fan of the shepherd's pie. Uh, Dave, what do you put in a vegan shepherd's pie? Almonds. I like vegan. I like vegan food. I'm a big fan of shepherd's pie. I'm from New England, so we actually eat that a lot. People told me uh, London food sucked, but I went there and I was like, oh, this is very New Englandy food. Shepherd's pie, um, fish and chips, all stuff I eat here. So it's good. Good recap, Mr. Jones. Thank you, Mr. Deadman's. Tony Overstar, see you Tuesday for more endlessly annoying Lexar cues. Yeah, now look, I'm not trying to pile on the Lexar, but Lexar cannot attack uh, our boy Nikhil for bad questions 
when for one, he sends in more questions than Nikhil, and they're far worse than Nikhil's ever could be. I think Nikhil actually sends in good questions. And I'm not saying that because uh, interest not here for me to troll, so I'm not trolling anybody. Um, let's see. I'm more of a Count Monet fan. Okay. Uh, vegan shepherd's pie. My grandmother would slap the fuck out of me. Damn. He was looking like Charlie Manson in AEW. I think that's the way he should look, though. Uh, I always watch at least one raw a year. I try for more, but I usually fall asleep. Yeah, I'm a I watched uh, the punk one. That was the first one I watched in like four years or five years. CM Punk. Ground soy protein. Sounds delicious. Uh, seasoned and add onions, peas, and carrots, etc. Better than it sounds. All right. I believe you. Many would not. But I shall. All right. So, uh, if you guys are wondering about these questions, you can go join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash IYH wrestling. And you can leave questions there throughout the week. Uh, I'll be putting up a thread for that probably Monday. Oh yeah. That's Tuesday. Still a few days away. Um, um, if you guys care about this, uh, my first uh, feature films, the once in feature Smash and Endzone 2, they're two movies together. Um, starting 2019, we we filmed Endzone 2, 2020, we filmed one third of Smash, and then uh, the boom, the pandemic. One week later, shut everything down for two years. It was on the. It was a very hard time. We couldn't finish our movie. Then we got it finished and had a great festival run. And then um, we were going to start to get uh, uh, get it released, but then it was the strike. So we had to wait for that. And so now, um, so we got a kick, we have a Kickstarter up now. It met the goal in 36 hours, so day and a half. But that doesn't mean, you know, that's it. So uh, we still have a lot of expense on the movies because they were self-funded. And we're going to self-distribute. So the uh, this initial go, this initial Kickstarter um, was for the get the Blu-rays out, Blu-rays and and uh, retro VHS tapes. So if you would like to get your hands on a limited edition two-disc Blu-ray set of the Once a Future Smash and Endzone Two with tons of uh, of extras, a good way to do that. And make sure you get one. And you'll get a special one with a slip cover is to go to withoutyourhead.com backslash touchdown. And that will bring you to the Kickstarter. And by doing, uh, you you know, find the tier that has the Blu-rays and that will guarantee you a Blu-ray when they come out, probably in May. Uh, there's also other perks there. You can get, um, you can actually berate me um, because there's a scene where I'm hosting a panel in the movie and so one of one of uh, one of the perks is you can buy an audio acting role as someone who's you know yelling at me from the crowd. So you can actually be you suck. So you can be uh, immortalized in my movie yelling at me. But there's all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, check that out. I'm very proud of the movies and uh, hope people uh, dig them. Oh. Um, 
Okie dokie. I'm uh, backwards Bob in End Zone 2. I play myself, Nasty. Oh, I play Nasty Neil in Once a Future Smash. And I produced these fine films, wrote a lot of jokes, and came up with the original concept. So it'll be a good time. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to head on out. Thank you, folks. Trying to find the tunage. Here we go. All right. See ya. Andre the Giant. Andre was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small. No, no, no. Andre could drink. And he could fight. Drink, drink, drink. And fight, fight, fight. Andre was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small. No, no, no. Andre could drink. And he could fight, drink, 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 and fight, fight, fight. Andre the Giant. Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small, no, no, no. Andre was great, he was not bad. A great big heart and a great big man. Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small, no, no, no. Andre could drink, and he could fight. Drink, 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 fight, fight, fight. Andre the Giants. From Grenoble, France.